Good afternoon, passengers. This is your captain speaking. I'd like to welcome everyone aboard this podcast. We are currently cruising at an altitude of 35,000 feet and airspeed of 450 miles per hour. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome aboard the inaugural flight of Pilot Error. I'm Tom Feeney, writer for Wang's Chop Movie Magazine. You may know me from such podcasts as the Deep Dive Podcast, the Deep Dive Microcast, and Mysteries of the Deep. If you're a regular listener of any or all of those, first of all, thank you. You may have heard my co-host Manda and I discuss the flaming pile of awfulness that was the Deep Dive Podcast's first episode. It was so bad that it's been locked away in the same cold storage facility where they keep the last remaining vials of smallpox. Now we've gotten slightly better over the years, but it just goes to prove how rough a first attempt at pretty much anything can fail miserably. This is also true when it comes to the topic of this new podcast series, television pilots. What is that, you may ask? Well, I will let my good friend Jules explain. Pilot? What's a pilot? Well, you know the shows on TV? I don't watch TV. Yeah, but you are aware that there's an invention called television, and on this invention they show shows, right? Yeah. Well, the way they pick TV shows is they make one show. That show's called a pilot. Then they show that one show to the people who pick shows, and on the strength of that one show, they decide if they want to make more shows. Some get chosen and become television programs. Some don't. Become nothing. She started one of the ones that became nothing. Thank you, Jules. Couldn't have said it better myself. Each and every year, numerous ideas for television shows are turned into pilot episodes. Those pilots are shown to TV executives and they select the ones they feel have the best chance of being successful. Those shows are greenlit or given the go-ahead to become a series. Usually a network or streaming service will order a certain number of shows at first, put the program on their service or schedule and hope for the best. Now, picking which shows will be successful has never been an exact science. Great shows have died unceremoniously, while some objectively bad ones thrived and lasted for years. This podcast, however, will deal primarily with those shows that made it to the runway, but never got off the ground. This is the pilot episode of Pilot Error. In the 1970s, television entered its rebellious years. Gentler fare like the Beverly Hillbillies, The Ed Sullivan Show, and I Dream of Jeannie were replaced by more socially relevant programs like All in the Family and MASH. The shows also got more socially permissive as the decade wore on. Now, some of the more sexually suggestive shows at the time were referred to as Jiggle Television. Use your imagination there. Examples included Charlie's Angels, uh, the Wonder Woman series, and the topic of our first installment, 
the sitcom Three's Company. Now you may be thinking, you just said this was all about failed pilots. Three's Company is a well-known show. I want my money back. All right, calm down. Before you ask to see my manager, let me explain. Like almost all TV shows, Three's Company had a pilot episode. And another. And another. Three's Company, three pilot episodes. Let's dig into this. Come and knock on our door. Come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. The kisses are hers and hers and his. Three's company too. Come and dance on our floor. Come and dance on our floor. Take a step that is new. Take a step that is new. We've a lovable space that needs your face. Three's company too. You'll see that life is a... Now, if you were a sentient human being during the 1970s, you probably remember this theme song. Three's Company ran on the ABC television network from 1977 to 1984. But it took a fairly long journey to get Three's Company in front of TV viewers. A journey that began across the pond from Hollywood in the United Kingdom. This is the heart of London's Bedsitterland filled with the sights and sounds of young people living their lives in their own way. We're going to have to work out a rotor system. There just isn't room in here for the three of us. Well, I suppose we could finish off in the kitchen. Are you after my body? Of course. Sorry, it's already booked to do the washing up. Man about the house. Getting down to bare essentials with big-time gambling. I've got a pair. I've got a pair, too. And with those ever-loving landlords downstairs, the battle of the sexes never ends. It's one of the day, isn't it? George, those cigarettes are going to be the death of you. Have another one. Make way for the comedy event of the season. Premise sound familiar? Well, that's because Three's Company was based on a British sitcom called Man About the House. This was hardly an uncommon practice. Prior to Three's Company, 70s sitcoms All in the Family and Sanford and Son were both Americanized takes on shows from the UK. Now, the premise of both shows was pretty much the same. In the American version, aspiring young chef Jack Tripper finds himself waking up in the apartment of single women Janet and Chrissy the morning after a party. He needs a place to stay. They need the extra income. A platonic arrangement is made. Unfortunately, their crusty landlord doesn't allow mixed-gender tenants who aren't married. The solution is somewhat problematic. In order to stay, Jack, a straight male, must pretend to be a homosexual around their clueless landlord. And of course, 70s era gay jokes ensue. Yeah. So the show made stars of actors John Ritter and Suzanne Somers. Less so for the third member of the trio, Joyce DeWitt, whose acting credits were sporadic at best after the series ended. But if you want to relive those episodes or are curious about the show we're discussing, Three's Company is available on the Pluto TV streaming app. The show audiences first saw on March 14, 1977, was quite a bit different from the first two pilot episodes. Yes, you heard right. First two pilot episodes. 
Now, it was unusual enough for a network in those days to order even a second pilot when the first one didn't click, but a third was practically unheard of. So why did it take three tries to get Three's company off the ground and on the air? Well, someone had the kind of sort of brilliant idea to Americanize the British sitcom Man About the House. That man was a Broadway playwright named Peter Stone. Now, if you're not familiar with that name, you might be familiar with one of his most famous works, a Broadway musical centered around the founding fathers during the American Revolution. John, really? You're talking of independence with a rule. It's never been done before. No colony has ever broken from the parent stem in the history of the world. Yeah, but frankly, you make a sound treasonous. Do I? Treason, eh? Treason is a charge invented by winners as an excuse for hanging the losers. I can't say I'm very fond of the United States of America as a name for a new country. For it was high, 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 little twixt me and my heart, and never twill be. The slavery clause has got to go. Franklin, what are you saying? It's a luxury we can't afford. A half million souls in chains. And Dr. Franklin calls it a luxury. The issue here is independence. No, it's not Hamilton like you might be expecting. So Peter Stone wrote the book for the hit musical 1776, which won five Tony Awards back in 1969. After writing a few more stage shows, Stone turned his attention to writing screenplays for movies and television. Stone wrote the first script for what would eventually be called Three's Company. Stone placed his male lead in New York, not Southern California, and made him a chef at a chic French restaurant. His two female roommates were a fashion model and a secretary, not not terribly enlightened even for the 70s. Now, the head of programming for the ABC television network at the time was Fred Silverman, a name both hailed and reviled in the history of TV. At ABC, Silverman had great success, bringing classic shows like Charlie's Angels, The Love Boat, and Fantasy Island to life. Silverman was not, however, a fan of Peter Stone's adaptation of Man About the House. He felt it was too urban to be appealing to most households in middle America. Now, he did feel that the idea itself had merit, so he gave another writer a crack at it. Except the writer he chose wanted nothing to do with it. Silverman's choice was veteran screenwriter Larry Gelbart. So why didn't Gelbart want to write this pilot? Well, he felt the concept was weak and taking this on was perhaps even beneath him. Now, what made him think that writing a pilot script for a large television network was a waste of his time? Well, because he was still riding high from creating one of his previous television series. Due to the incredible success of MASH on CBS, Larry Gelbart could pretty much write his own ticket when it came to television projects. 
But as a favor to Silverman, Gelbart eventually agreed to write the new pilot script. The first pilot was developed by Gelbart along with his son-in-law, who was the one who came up with the title Three's Company. This version was much closer to the actual series, with our characters living in Hollywood instead of New York. The lead male was named David Bell and was a struggling filmmaker who just so happened to be a great cook. Of the two female leads, one was working for the DMV and the other was an aspiring actress. Gelbart's script was, in Fred Silverman's opinion, superior enough to order an actual pilot episode to be completed. Hi. Hi. I guess this is your tub here. Yes, this is our tub. We raised it from a sink. <laughs> I must have had a little too much to drink last night. Then I sat next to someone smoking something wrapped in a map of Mexico. <laughs> you wouldn't happen to have another towel, would you? I get one. That was quite a deal last night with, what was her name? Eleanor, the one who was pregnant. Pregnant and a half. She had a boy. Yeah, I figured she must have. <laughs> the first pilot had all the elements of the eventual series, but not all of the players. The late John Ritter was cast as third roommate David Bell, but his two female bunkmates were played by actresses Valerie Curtin and Suzanne Zenor. The pilot was well-received enough to earn a spot on the fall 1976 ABC lineup. At the last minute, though, it was removed from the schedule in favor of another show, most likely The Tony Randall Show, a sitcom featuring the popular actor as a Philadelphia court judge. That show only lasted one season on ABC and then moved to rival network CBS for its second and final season. Oh, and speaking of CBS, they offered to buy the Gelbart pilot of Three's Company and air it themselves as a mid-season replacement series. Well, now suddenly ABC got interested again in Three's Company and committed to airing the show. But with some changes. His room's all clean and I made his bed. Oh, good. I'm glad you're getting used to the idea. Not really. But as long as Jack's going to be living here, we ought to try to make him feel at home. I already did my bit. I put the toilet seat up. <laughs> oh, I'm still not sure we're doing the right thing. I wish I hadn't let you talk me into it. Oh, come on, Chrissy. There is nothing to worry about. He's a man, and you know how men are. Not lately. <laughs> it's uh, Mr. Roper, our smiling landlord. <laughs> I'm here to fix your doorbell. You know, it's a shame your fairy roommate hasn't checked in yet. Why? He could fix this without the ladder. He could just fly up here. You know, Stanley was born with that sense of humor. That and a few other birth defects. How long do I have to go on letting Roper think I'm gay? Oh, as long as you live here. That's the only way he'll allow it. Yeah. Well, just so long as... You know different. <laughs> you don't have to prove it. <laughs> okay, Jack, into the kitchen and show me what you've got. Now? 
she means the grocery. Oh, the grocery. So a second pilot was ordered, but without Larry Gelbart's script. This time, three writers were brought in, who also helped to adapt the sitcom On the Family from the British show Till Death Do Us Part. We'll get to that story in another episode of Pilot Error. Main character David Bell became Jack Tripp, later changed to Tripper, and instead of a filmmaker, Jack was now a culinary student. Actress Joyce DeWitt was cast as roommate Janet, while after a few false starts, an actress was cast as the second female roommate, now named Chrissy. Of course, that role went to Denise Gallick, and then went to Susan Lanier. So, um, as you can see, things were pretty shaky production-wise. The new writers wanted to make the show more of a British-style farce driven by crazy situations and silly misunderstandings by the characters. This was much more in the style of the original UK version of the show. Now, the second pilot was good, but again, not quite where Fred Silverman wanted it to be. Something just wasn't working, and in Silverman's opinion, that something was the character of Chrissy. Well, not the character so much as the actress. The, the chemistry just wasn't there. But the clock was ticking. Production had already been scheduled for the series. The day before shooting began, Silverman was pouring through audition tapes looking for someone to be the new Chrissy. That someone was Suzanne Summers. She had auditioned for the show but had been rejected for the part. Silverman hadn't seen her audition before, but thought she would be perfect for the part. The following day, Suzanne Summers was on the set and ready to shoot the third and final pilot of Three's Company. Good evening. Good morning. Good Lord, is it morning? Yes, yes it is. And if you don't mind a stupid question, who are you? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm Jack. Jack Trick. You don't happen to have a towel handy? Yeah. Thank you. I'm Chrissy. Hi. And this is Janet. Oh, yeah. I remember you. You were at the party last night. We... Oh. Gave the party last night. Well, I was one of your guests. I came with a friend who knew one of the gate crashers. <laughs> Why are you sleeping in the bathtub? Huh? I, I don't know. I, I Last thing I remember, I had a glass of that terrible punch, and then everything went black. And green. <laughs> Isn't there a, another girl who lives with you, the one who was, you know... Eleanor. She had a boy. Yeah, she must have. <laughs> I'm sorry, I better be going. Good. You can't go out like that. Take your clothes off first. The third pilot was successful enough that ABC ordered five additional episodes and ran them in the spring of 1977. At the time, shows that were run in the spring months were replacements for series that had been canceled due to low ratings. Replacement series were rarely picked up for additional seasons, mostly because these replacements were considered filler, so the networks had something to run during a suddenly empty time slot. So expectations for Three's Company were fairly low, and it wasn't expected to last much longer than its initial six-episode run. Those expectations 
were smashed. At the time, Three's Company became the highest rated mid-season show in broadcast television history. It easily won renewal for the following season. A ratings hit in spite of or because of its provocative premise, Three's Company ran for eight seasons and a total of 172 episodes. Along the way, there were cast changes, monetary disputes, and personal conflicts. There were also two spinoffs, including The Ropers, featuring the landlord couple from the show. That ran for two seasons. John Ritter moved on to a spinoff called Three's a Crowd, or also known as Three's Company 2, that's T-O-O, and that lasted only one season. Now, no matter what you think about the artistic merits of shows like Three's Company, its place in the pantheon of television history is assured. It took three tries to get there, but its cultural impact can't be denied. Sure, it wasn't as culturally relevant as All in the Family or as thought-provoking as M.A.S.H., but Three's Company was embraced as silly, goofy fun at a time when silly and goofy were in short supply. Sadly, those first two pilots are somewhat hard to find these days. They have been up on YouTube, then down, then up, then down again, multiple times. The first pilot is actually available on the Three's Company second season DVD set, if you care to dig up a copy. Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast has just been cleared to land. As we start our descent, please make sure your seat backs and tray tables are in their full upright position. Make sure your seat belt is securely fastened and all carry-on luggage is stowed underneath the seat in front of you or in the overhead bins. We hope you had a safe and enjoyable listening experience. If you have any comments, go to the deep dive podcast at gmail.com and drop us a line. Any clips used in the podcast are meant for educational purposes only and not to infringe on any existing copyrights. And thanks for flying an Automaton Studios production.